new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, whether you need it for siding, whether you want to build a deck or a fence, you want to go with a company that, A, is going to sell to you wholesale. But just as importantly, let's talk about quality. They buy directly from the mill. They get the pick of what they want. There are contractors all over the city that work with Rocky Mountain Forest products, A, because of the quality, but B, because of the price. A good example of that is Pinnacle Builders. Ed Goldinger, he is the owner. He only works with Rocky Mountain Forest products because he knows he's getting great product for his clients and he's getting a great deal for his clients as well. Do what Ed does. Do what people like me do. If you have a project that you want to do, you gotta work with Rocky Mountain Forest Products. You can find them at rmfp.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. ESPN had an article titled "The Top Position Groups for Each Team." For the Broncos, they picked wide receiver. You believe it's the strongest group? That was my first temptation, but I ended up thinking it's the defensive backfield. Well, no, you, you, well, okay, I'm going to make a rule. Position group? Yes. When you say position group, are you talking, are you combining? Safeties or cornerbacks? Or? You got to pick one. You can't have both. I'll say the safeties. Okay, so you have Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons. And if you don't believe that, Kareem Jackson will set you straight. Well, he will tell you that. Absolutely. So you're going to go with safety. Yes. Or you're going to go with defensive back. Yes. I think everybody's missing the mark here. It's running back. It's running back. Period. You have a top 10 guy, I believe, in the league already in Javante Williams. And oh, by the way, a really good backup. Really, really good backup. And Javante Williams isn't a proven back yet, but he has proven he's more than capable right? Mm-hmm. And I understand your offensive line plays a role in it, but Jerry Judy is still unproven. Corlin Sutton, one Pro Bowl season. I like Tim Patrick very much. He is solid, but not spectacular. And that's a pretty good position to be when you're essentially the number three option. And KJ Hamler needs to stay healthy. I like the wide receiver group, and I'm curious to see what they do with Russell Wilson. But I know what I'm getting in that running back room. I had written down potentially for the wide receivers. That's that's kind of the way I feel about it. And that I, I agree with you on the running backs, actually. But I was trying to make discern make a discerning choice among the different groups. Right. And I was I was considering the entire defensive backfield too. Yeah, but, I mean but if I take the safeties, I'll still take the safeties. Yeah, and listen, I Sertan I think is gonna be a star in this league. I think Darby is a is a pretty good option at number two. And I like the kid, uh, K1 Ale- is it K1 Alexander Williams? K1 Williams, he's a terrific sl- slot corner. He's a really good slot corner. Sertan and him at slot corner, 
I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, who's going to be your fourth guy? <clears throat> I've never <laughs> been sold on Ojemudie. I've never been sold on to Sang Bassey. I'll tell you who I am sold on, Caden Stearns. I'm sold on him in that safety yeah, room. I remember you lecturing me about that one. Well, I don't know if I lectured you. Yes, you did. But I like him a lot. I really do. Now, give me a group that concerns you. Oh, the offensive line. Is that is that a position group or I have to say Absolutely, tackles? it's a position group. I don't have to say tackles. No. Okay, that's, that's a, a position that's, group. That's my all, biggest concern. All those guys go into one room. No, no question about it. Whether Billy Turner can be both capable and healthy is a big, big, big question mark. Whether Garrett Bowles can get back to the form of, of his prime year two years ago, mm -hmm. and whether he uh, can be a leader too, I think that's an important element that needs to be considered. And Dalton Reisner, of course, is is a leader type too, but he but, hasn't been what they had hoped. No, so that I th I think the offensive line is clearly the question mark, even the trouble point. I don't think that's the number one. I put that number two, and I'll and I'll, I'll ask you a question. All right. Okay. Look, okay. We know who's going to play left tackle, right? Yes. We know who's going to play uh, left guard, right? Reisner. Right. Uh, we have a pretty good idea who's going to be the center. It's going to be Cushionberry or Glasgow, but probably Cushionberry, right? Or Wattenberg. Who? Luke Wattenberg. Well, right guard will probably be Glasgow, and then there will be a battle if Billy Turner's healthy. He is going to be your right tackle. Is that correct? Yes. Now, this is my group. Josie Jewell is going to be a starting inside linebacker. That's not debatable. Mm -hmm. Feel good about Chubb playing healthy all season? No. Feel good about Gregory playing <laughs> no. healthy all season? I don't feel healthy about him playing And By the way, who, who's going to be playing next to uh, Josie Jewell? And that's your answer. Singleton? Alex that, Singleton? That, that, no. That's your answer at linebacker. You're not sure about your two outside guys because of injury history. You're not sure who's going to be playing next to Josie Jewell. That's your answer. And the reason why... It's I, not Alex Singleton? No. That, that's why... That's why, at least in offensive line, you know who is probably going to be starting. Probably. Turner, we, Turner is the question mark. Right. But you know four of the five who are likely going to yeah. be starting. We don't know... Definitely who's going to be starting next to Jewel. That is a, we don't know that yet. And we don't know if those other guys are going to be healthy. We know they can play, correct? but we don't know if they're going to be healthy. That's why the linebacker core concerns me. I still, think, then you have I a still rookie. think with a quarterback, with a new quarterback, trying to implement an offense, the offensive line being a trouble spot is a serious, serious, serious problem. Well, it wasn't a serious problem when you have two guys going over 900 yards last year. And also, generally speaking, a quarterback is going to make the offensive line look better. Or or hold the ball too long and make them look worse at times. They could, but um, I wouldn't say that. I know that Russell Wilson takes too many sacks. Okay, uh, He doesn't have a fast release, but he is mobile. He is smart. He's got a high football IQ. Great quarterbacks will make their offensive lines look better unless, unless you have a terrible offensive line like Joe Burrow had, and the Broncos do not have an offensive line like Joe Burrow had last year. But I also think that this, this points out the need to, to evaluate an offensive line with, by means other than the numbers, the number of sacks or whatever, that, that you have to 
you have to tie your evaluation with considerations of the way Wilson is playing. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I think you bring up a really good point that too many times the offensive line is blamed for sacks or a defensive uh, defensive end who uh, it, it gets credit for a sack on the same level when the quarterback has held the ball for 13 seconds in the pocket. Well, as I, as a bull rush, as an, a bull rush, immediate quickness. Well, I I don't remember a quarterback ever holding the ball 13 seconds. Well, that would be a lot. Yes, it would. I be. think you're exaggerating. I'm slightly exaggerating. Bit. Well, you probably mean like 12 and a half seconds. Yes, but anyway. Uh, a, a lot of that can go on the quarterback. I'm I'm with you on that. But they have a much better quarterback now. And I think that Russell Wilson is going to make them look better. When Manning played in 2013, he did not have a set of all-stars in front of him. No. Now, uh, they did have a pretty good center in Matt Paradis. Very good center. Right. I'm with you on that. Paradis was a very good center. And this is not a knock on the guys who were on that team. I think Ryan Harris was on that team. Ryan's a not, r- nice tackle, but he, he's he's not a Pro Bowl tackle. Peyton Manning made them look better because he was able to read defenses, quick release, so on and so forth. I don't, barring injury, I don't think the offensive line, I really don't think it's going to be as big of a problem as, as I believe you think it's going to yeah. be unless Wilson is hell-bent on constantly going for the deep ball. Mm-hmm. And that was a big problem for uh, for a while for an Aaron Rodgers. He just wanted the deep ball. Now that Matt LaFleur is there, he's willing to, you know, do a check down. I think Russell Wilson is going to make that offensive line look better. I think that Nathaniel Hackett is a far better offensive coordinator. I know he doesn't hold the title, but let's call it like it is. It's his offense. I think that he is going to find a way to scheme to protect the offensive line. I do. So I think he will help because Pat Shermer certainly wasn't the answer. If Bill, if Billy Turner is not able to play or is not healthy enough to be, to be uh, effective, they also have to make compensating moves around him that could affect the overall sure. effectiveness of the yeah. line too. They brought back Billy Turner <clears throat> because I mean, Outen who used to be the offensive line mm-hmm. coach in green Bay and Hackett, who was, the, who was the offensive coordinator, liked Billy Turner enough and said, we got to get this guy. And from somebody who I talked to who played the offensive line position for years and won multiple Super Bowls as a offensive lineman, he and I are very friendly. He and I had a long conversation about Billy Turner, and he said once he left Denver and went to Green Bay, Billy Turner's game improved exponentially. Really? It's as if his football IQ, you didn't even know he really had much of a football IQ, but once he got to Green Bay, it's just like, who is this guy? Can that be transferred back? That's why they wanted him back. And in the break, I'll tell you who that guy was. Okay. Okay? Coming up after the break, Walton Penner, Hobson Rice. Kind of like Archie Bunker used to say, the law firm of Rabinowitz, Rabinowitz, and Rabinowitz. The Walden Penner Hobson Rice Group is poised to take control of the Broncos on August 9th, roughly two weeks after training camp starts. What role could Peyton Manning have in the ownership group? I'm going to call it breaking news. We'll tell you what it is next. Stuck still, no turning back. 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, the Walden Penner Hobson Race Group. Boys to take control of the Broncos on August 9th. I think it's going to be nothing more than a rubber stamp from the owners. That's going to happen roughly two weeks into training camp. According to our friend Mike Kliss of Nine News, Manning and Elway will not be part of an ownership group. With that, do you think Manning will have a role with the organization, despite the fact that he's part of his Manning cast? Um, he has other interests like playing golf and doing commercials. I mean, he's a busy guy. I actually think it would be best if he were not involved in, in being part of the team presentation to the public. Then it becomes off like he's an ombudsman or an ambassador. And that's almost a meaning. Well, no, he would never do it if that was the case. I know. Uh, he, he he has no interest in he's He will tell you, and I won't disagree, he's better than that. Mm-hmm. He has no interest in that, uh, taking on that particular role. As for John Elway, he's going to be with this organization for another year. He is still, he has one more year left to be, in theory, what, we'd refer to as a consultant. Mm-hmm. So Elway is going to be part of this organization, not in the day-to-day operations. Will, will, will he be, pre- will he be visible and present as we watch the organ, as we watch the new ownership take? I think control. he'll be visible to the point of being on the field a couple of days for training camp. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he will be visible all the time. I don't think that when they have their press conference, that you're going to see Elway up on a podium. No, I don't think you'll see that. I do think, especially with Condoleezza Rice being involved, it would have almost been awkward if they brought in Peyton Manning and said, here's 0.000% or whatever it would be. I I think this is the right way to go about it. The ownership group has enough people in, of prominence who could potentially speak for them, be the public front for them. And it's I think the most interesting thing is going to be how that part plays out. Whether Melody Hobson is that person, whether Condoleezza Rice, I know because the the significance in ownership probably isn't going to be substantial enough to warrant that. But or whether Penner is the guy speaking for the franchise. Well, here's the thing: they haven't taken over yet. Eventually, they're going to name a team president. Mm-hmm. Whoever the team president is is going, I believe, to be the spokesperson in theory. And what do I mean by that? I would say within the next 365 days, but probably sooner, uh, the Broncos and Russell Wilson will have a new deal. Whenever there was a big deal 
like Peyton Manning coming to the Broncos, Mm -hmm. Pat Boland was on stage. So who's going to be the person on stage? It's not going to be all four of them. It's going to be Gregory Penner right now. I believe it'll be Penner as well. And I'll tell you why I don't think it'll be Condoleezza Rice. I I think that'd really be, pardon me for just sounding immature and whatever, but I just think that'd be neat. Have Condoleezza Rice being the spokesperson. I don't think I don't think she should be. I do, but that'd be mainly mainly because I'm rooting for good stories here. Well, yeah, I just don't think the Walton family seems to be particularly have the predilection for publicity and uh, being in the spotlight. We see that was with uh, with uh, <laughs> with Stan Kroenke, cousin-in-law. I mean, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, and this is not a knock on the Broncos, and it's not a knock on the NFL. But when you are the Secretary of State standing in front of that logo, you should not demean yourself and stand in front of a Broncos logo. Do you think that's demeaning? I do. I don't at all. It has nothing to do with the Broncos. How important important the NFL is in in American life, Mm -mm. having Condoleezza Rice being one of the spokespersons for the franchise. When you are standing... Being the front person, I have no problem with that. that. I don't think that's demeaning at all. I think it's quite a compliment. And I think it would be kind of neat. I, th- I think it would be neat. I'm with you on that. But when you have spoken at a lectern that has the presidential seal in front of you, you should not be the spokesperson for the Denver Broncos or any other NFL team. The public face of the Denver Broncos. When you have had the presidential seal in front of you, you should not, I'm sorry, take a step back and have NFL in front of you. I just don't think you should. That's too much of a position where, hey, now I'm the spokesman for the Denver Broncos. Mm-mm. I'm saying for me, I think it would be cool to have her in the room. Mm-hmm. It's Condoleezza Rice, right? Yeah. It'd be cool to have her there. I get it. She's better than that. She just is. I just don't look at it that way. I do. I, I, th- I think she is better than that. She'd be a fine spokesperson uh, considering what her political background is. It's very clear that you use this as kind of a fun project, too. And what's interesting is, what would be so interesting is, and we talked about this ironically yesterday on the show. So when Joe Ellis took over as the team president, he was always at every major announcement, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the connection between Joe Ellis and Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice was the Secretary of State for the Bush family, for more specifically George W. Bush, and Joe Ellis is part of the Bush family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's kind of ironic. It would be cool to have Condoleezza Rice there because of her background. She's better than that. Okay, how about Melody Hobson? I think it'll be Greg Penner. I think it should be Greg Penner. You know why? Why? He's the majority owner. He's the majority owner. Have they specifically drawn out that yet, the percentages? Well, they bought the team and then brought Hobson on. They were the group. She's not a majority owner of this team, unless unless she's sitting with a couple of billion in the bank. Now, thinking- George, her husband, might have that, but oh. I doubt that she is a majority. She's a minority owner of that team. Penner and Walton are tied together. They bought it together. Now... Hobson could be the team president. You could have Rice as the team president. Could Rob Walton be the spokesman? Why not? 
Oh, I'm not saying why not. Yeah, I'm, sure. He could be. I'm just saying, is it a possibility? The question is, who is going to be the team president of the team? And whoever the team president is, they will be at the Russell Wilson press conference. Most indications are it's going to be Penner. I w- again, I think so, too. And if they have a Russell Wilson announcement, I'm guessing Walton will be there and Penner will be there. Uh, I don't. Walton might talk, but then he'll pass it off to... Penner is the long-term owner of this team mm-hmm. because of his age. Well, and because the the NFL wanted to make clear there there was a plan of succession right. after some of the events, including here in Denver, right? That that had gone through. And it's not a knock on Hobson. I mean, her career accomplishments are nearly as unmatched as Condoleezza Rice. Now you look at what the Raiders did. Their team president is a black woman. Well. Penner and Walton have two to choose from. I just think that I don't think Condoleezza Rice wants to be here day to day. Melody Hobson's 53. Okay. She and I are the same age. She's done a few more things in her career than I have. The question is, does Hobson want to be here day to day as mm-hmm. the team president? I doubt it. Then she's not the team president. You think Condoleezza Rice is going to want to be here every day? She's going to have her own office? I doubt it. Maybe she'll have an office. I think... Whoever the team, I think it'll be Penner because I think he will have an office and he'll be here every day. I don't even think he'll be here every day. He'll be here. I think he'll be here a lot. Yeah, he's got the Colorado presence, most, right. most predominant Colorado presence among the family. Yeah. I mean, they, they have an office for a team president. I think it'll be Penner. And remember, he's going to handle the business. The team president handles the business dealings, right? Generally speaking, well, at least when you look at the Broncos history, the team president did not ha- necessarily have an ownership stake. It was Pat Bowen, mm-hmm. right? In this case, if Penner is the guy, I think I think, because he's a majority owner of the team and he might be negotiating on the, or at least he's certainly going to have input, and so will Walton, on the Russell Wilson contract, but also possibly for a new stadium. Yeah. He's going to... Oh, he's, that, that's going to be even more impactful. Right. So he's going to have an office here and he's going to be here quite a bit. He's going to be here unless they decide to go outside the organization for a team president. I think they have enough smart people in the room where they should just pick one of them. There's probably somebody out there who is overseeing a stadium project somewhere. Yeah. Who could become a, if a consultant. Not team, if not team president. Right. They'll be a consultant. And a vice president of not construction projects, but something along those lines. What do you think happens first? They make an announcement. We're looking into a new stadium or Russell Wilson gets a contract. Uh, Russell Wilson gets a new contract. I would agree. I would totally agree on that. But but they have enough smart people in the room again. And I also think that as we we talked about yesterday, the precedents and the benchmarks are so set, are so set. It's not going to be a real hard bargaining on Russell Wilson's contract. I hope Russell Wilson does not try and hold the Broncos feet to the fire. I don't think he will. Well, and I I also think that again, yesterday uh, I raised the point that, that when, we were talking about Russell Wilson, what, five years, 250? That that was the kind of the figure that made sense by looking at the, at the comparables. Well, the comparables is Aaron Rodgers. That's the, because mm-hmm. he's the highest paid guy, at least in terms of average salary. But Deshaun Watson has the same kind of... Well, he has a fully guaranteed deal. Yeah, but yeah. the same average salary. Listen, at the end of the day, Russell Wilson holds all the cards. This is what I want. That's it. This is what I want, pay me, or you just wasted a lot of draft picks. 
He has all the leverage. He's still got a year left, too. That's it. No, no. He still has a year left. Yes. Or is it one year or two years left? Can we get some uh, Jeopardy music, please? Wilson contract. I thought he had two years left. I could be wrong on this. Hold on. Thank you for the uh, nice music. Uh, so, Russell Wilson. My computer will speed up just a wee bit. Um, he has two years left on his deal. 2022 and 2023. So, what are they going to say? No, we're not going to give it to you? Mm-hmm. And you waste all those draft picks? <laughs> he can name his price. Period. Because they're not trading him. He holds all the cards. Every He holds all 52 cards. I don't think it'll be that hard to get him signed. Well, we'll see. If he wants to be the highest paid guy, they're going to have to pay him. Here's the other thing. Do you think that uh, when all of this went about for Russell Wilson to end up here and it was it stayed quiet for quite a while, do you think this was in the works before the uh, before the ownership sale was apparent? What, a new contract? Yeah, the that well, when Russell Wilson came here, did he know that that the Waltons were about to take over the franchise? No, I think he probably did. Well, he knew they were he he knew he they were involved. I'm sure he was told they they were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they talked about a contract, but at the end of the day, George Payton cannot sign off on that because he knew he needed to wait for the new owners to be in place. I'm sure they have some parameters in place. I think it was all done with the idea of the, the the ownership this was the ownership group that was destined to take over the franchise and they had even knocked about the parameters of a contract. Well, who, listen, whoever was going to buy this team for that price tag knows that Russell Wilson would have to be paid. Mhm. So, why even put in a bid thinking, well, maybe I'll nickel and dime Russell Wilson. But I'm wondering if he if it went even farther that this is one of the reasons Russell Wilson quote picked Denver. Absolutely not. You don't think so? No, I do. You think because he thought Rob Walton would be the owner? I think that was part of it. No, I don't think so at all. At the end of the day, you knew the price tag was going to be high, and whoever was buying the team knew that Russell Wilson's contract was coming up. So you could buy the team if you want to, and if you want to have a blind spot to Russell Wilson's contract, that's fine. But he, remember, he holds all the cards. But, you know where you're going to have to pay him. But how long was the ownership deal? In, how long was the ownership deal to the Waltons under discussion before even Russell Wilson came here? I, I, I don't know, but you knew the groups that were likely involved mm-hmm. in it. I'm sure they were. I don't think Russell Wilson said, "Man, I got to, I got to play for Rob Walton." <laughs> I don't think he thought that for one second. He may have thought, "Well, he could afford it." Yeah, I think it played a role. But the but the truth is, but the truth is. Whoever bought the team knew Russell Wilson is on this team. He's going to command about $50 million a year. And you cannot be that naive in thinking, well, I'll buy the team, and then I'm really going to negotiate hard with Russell Wilson knowing we gave up all those draft picks. No, I agree. Right. Coming up after the break, Bill Belichick is about to do something that no NFL coach has done in decades or maybe even ever. What is it? That's next. You know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch, girl Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry Presented by Silter Harmaza.
a no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Different pitch. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep people on their toes. By the way, if you want to reach us, you can do so on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Would you like to know that website? Yeah. How do you, how you do that? It's rmfp.com. And how about our Twitter feeds? At T Fry, at Eric Goodman. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Okay, Patriots on the verge of starting training camp like everybody else. Patriots released their staff list for the first time. It confirmed what we all knew pretty much already. Bill Belichick is not going to have anybody with the title of offensive coordinator to replace Josh McDaniels. Also, he hasn't had a defensive coordinator on staff with that title for the last four years. Belichick said about this, I'm not big on titles. We have jobs to do. We will do the jobs. Is Belichick nuts, or is this going to be trend-setting? It's going to be, they'll, they'll get by it. I think the only problem is going to be if the players interpret it as kind of confusion and a lack of certainty on who to approach and who to talk to and who's in charge. I think that's, that's the potential problem there. And I think you bring up the best point because I don't know who's going to be calling plays. I talked to a friend of mine, Tom Curran, who has covered the Patriots for a very long time uh, for NBC. He's been a writer as well. And the first words out of my mouth were, Tom, is Belichick nuts for doing this? He goes, not really. And I said, why? He said, for starters, with Joe Judge and with Matt Patricia, let's look at what they have done. Former head coaches. Okay, but let's look at what they've done. Okay, as before they were head coaches. Matt Patricia has not coached offense since 2005. Joe Judge, I don't believe, has ever coached offense. He's a special teams guy. Exactly. And both these guys are offensive guys. So what he said to me was, he doesn't want to put the pressure on either guy having that title if everything falls apart. And something else to consider here as well, something that Tom said to me. Matt Patricia is still getting paid $2 million by the Lions after getting let go. So, at the end of the day, Belichick probably called Patricia and said, hey, you're still getting paid $2 million. I'll bring you in, in theory, as a consultant. All right? So, Judge is going to be the quarterback's coach. A career a career special teams guy. That's a, that is a potential thorn. Okay. Patricia, all right, is going to serve as the offensive line coach. He hasn't coached offense since 2005, as I said. And he's also going to be a senior football advisor. With that, he doesn't want either guy, according to Tom, to have a an offensive coordinator title in case things go south. Bill Belichick is already the defensive coordinator. Joe Judge is going to be the offensive coordinator in actual point of operation. I have no idea if he is. But bottom- he's, but he's working, he's working with Mac Jones, and that's the most important part of it. Right. But I don't know who's going to be calling the plays. I think it would be nuts if Bill Belichick is calling the offensive plays. He was too. joking. I thought he was completely 100% joking about that when he raised that as a possibility. That, apparently, he, he actually is thinking about that as a possibility. I got to tell you something. For as great of a coach as Bill Belichick is, 
calling the offensive plays and defensive plays. I think he has bitten off more than he can chew. I understand his resume. I know what he has done. But, man, he is asking for trouble. If if he's going to be calling both, if he's going to be calling both, wow, well, have at it. I think they'll sort it out. And the most important thing here is that Belichick is astute enough to be able to figure out how how to separate the duties with them doing what they do well. It, it, the problem is if you have somebody trying to put his arm around Mac Jones's shoulder, who really isn't a quarterback's coach or have an offensive background, the impact of that is is not as great as it should be. I think the concern should be if Bill Belichick is the offensive, if he's calling the offensive plays. It is hard enough being a head coach and being a defensive coordinator at the same time. Like Nathaniel Hackett's going to be calling plays. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Nathaniel Hackett also calling defensive plays? Now, granted, there's a difference in level of yeah. experience. I get that. but Calling the offensive plays is a lot harder than calling the defensive plays. But, he, but even so. And then, oh, by the way, you have to pay attention to timeouts and all those other mm-hmm. things. If you want to be one-stop shopping, I suppose if there's a guy who can do it is Bill Belichick. But I, I think he is, he'd be taking on way too much. But getting back to this thing with Patricia, if you make him the offensive coordinator, you're going to have to pay him like an offensive coordinator. They're not going to do that. He'll make whatever he makes as a consultant and as an offensive line coach because Patricia's already getting paid by the Lions, mm-hmm. and I would guess that Joe Judge um, is also getting paid by the Giants. I would assume that, too. Right. So why pay those guys all that money? And why put that much pressure on them when neither of them have extensive offensive experience to make them an offensive coordinator? But at some point, they have to they have to get it a, an organizational chart in the coaching offices set up. Who's the guy to go to? Who's the boss? Who makes right. the decisions? All those That's things are going true to be too. The most important part. And all of those things are true too. I can understand not naming a defensive coordinator because Bill Belichick is a defensive guy. But you're right. Who's going to be the Who's going to be the guy calling the plays? Who's going to be the guy running the offense? And I'm not saying Joe Judge isn't a good coach in general, and I'm not saying Matt Patricia isn't a good coach in general, but you're asking them to do something that one guy hasn't done in, what, 17 years, and you're asking another guy to do something that I don't believe he's ever done. And if Matt Jones looks around and says, whoever is giving him the input, if he looks at that guy and says, what the hell does he know? That's going to be a major problem. I think this is, I, I can understand not wanting to put pressure on Judge and Patricia. But boy, you got to have some serious chutzpah to say, I'm going to be essentially the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, calling plays for both, and the head coach. Bill Belichick doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. But that if that's what he is trying to prove, then I guess we'll all wait to see if it works out. Yeah, to circle around to the to the very first point I made again, I think I trust Belichick in the sense of I think he's he's astute enough to adjust on the fly and make the best of this and decide to use them their them and their experiences as a means of of helping Mac Jones get better too. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Derek Jeter provided some interesting insight into what being a top athlete in the late 1990s was like versus top athletes today in the latest episode of The Captain. Plus, uh, an MLB star had some prized possessions taken from his car. And then if we get to it, NFL uniforms and jerseys. We'll tell you all about that on Afternoon Drive, coming up next with after with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. 
soon If we all call the tune Then the piper will lead us to Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry Presented by Silter Har Mazda A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield At Silter Har Mazda Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, in episode two of The Captain last night, Derek Jeter said, if there were phones back then, my career would have been three years long. It was also noted that he had a different nightclub he went to for every single day of the week. Do you guys miss those times before camera phones where athletes and celebrities could do things and not have to worry about it all being documented and plastered all over social media? I don't miss those times because I wasn't doing that. Although when I lived in Atlanta, I had my Thursday—I did have my Thursday night spot, Friday night spot, and Saturday night. I did. Part of the indoctrination process has to be to tell every athlete act like you think you're always on camera, because they always are. There's no there's no way around it. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you a piece of advice I got my days on television, and I'm not suggesting my career or notoriety match Derek Jeter's. Everybody knew who Derek Jeter was. But when I was in smaller markets, everybody knew who I was, right? I know exactly what you mean. Cap? Yeah. So with that, this is what I was told. The minute you walk out your front door, you're working. That's how I was phrased. You're always working. The minute you walk out your front door, because you never know who is going to recognize you, know you, whether or not they say something. The most important thing, though, have they gotten to the gift bags yet? They have not gotten to that point yet. Will you? Can you alert me, like it, when it's on? Because I assume they play it again later. So when when it's on, can you alert me what it is and and when what part of what episode? And, and then I can see that. They still have five episodes left, so I'm sure they will get to it in the coming episodes. Wait, is this a Jeter production? Meaning, like with Michael Jordan, he controlled it. It seems that way. Well, I doubt they're going to really get into it fair and if they do they will gloss over it pretty quickly it just seemed funny to me it's jeter's a guy with like a squeaky clean image and he was saying if people had phones back then that you know his career would have been gone pretty quickly at the end of the day there's nothing wrong with being single and if you're single that's the deal what Derek jeter does if he wants to be with a bunch of women there's nothing wrong with women wanting to be with a bunch of men i understand the double standard behind it But at the end of the day, report on what he's doing on the field, not off the field. Nobody's business. I'll I'll try. I'll try to do that. I know that's important to you, yes. 
NFL teams this week have unveiled alternate uniforms and helmets such as the Bengals, the Giants, the Jets, Cowboys, and Panthers. In your guys' opinion, who has the best uniform in the NFL? Uh, the, 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 the Cowboys. The white, the white jerseys. The, the throwbacks? The white, the, no, the white jerseys. The white jerseys. I'll go with either the Packers or the Bears, the original ones, with the C on the helmet, dark dark top, white pants, with the orange C, and then I think the Packers logo is tremendous. Yeah. I just do. I like the ones that you don't have to change over time, the ones that you know are just iconic uniforms. What's your favorite helmet, college or pro? Michigan. Okay. I'll go Alabama. Because that, to me, is an all-time classic. The number on the helmet, love that. I guess I've always liked Notre Dame, just because they, it just pops the on dome. television. Yeah, I've, I've actually, and I've actually watched them spray paint them gold. Right. Well, they do game. spray paint it with like some golden. I like Penn State, like the white. I like more classic stuff. The, the new stuff doesn't do anything for me. An alleged uh, serial burglar stole more than $650,000 of jewelry from a Tampa Bay Rays shortstop Wander Franco's car in June. Nearly $550,000 worth has not yet been recovered. Uh, guys, have you ever had an instance where prized possessions or anything of worth was taken from you? I've had my house robbed when I was younger and single. And that was really uh, revolting. And it, you, you felt violated. Okay. I don't want to sound insensitive, but I'm going to be sounding insensitive. I feel bad that he got robbed. I feel any bad for anybody who gets robbed. But you're a schmuck if you have a half a million dollars of jewelry in your car. It was in a safe. He had it in a safe in his car. A safe in his car? Yes. Okay. Let me ask you something. If you're a burglar and you see a safe <laughs> in a car, there's probably a pretty good chance you're going to, like, the old game show, Let's Make a Deal... You're going to want what's behind door number two when you see it a safe probably in probably was in the trunk, Chan though. Chances are, chances are it's not a pack of Skittles. And by the way, where was it? Was it in the front seat, back seat? Do we know if it was That was unclear. Trunk? I thought it was in the trunk, but I, it doesn't really say. It just said there was, a, there was a safe in the car. Even so, safe, no safe. If you have a half a million dollars of anything in your car... You don't need to stop at King Supers to pick up some deli meat. <laughs> Go home. But he was on a rehabilitation assignment with Jacksonville at the time. And he's uh, he also... He's Put a, it in your room. He's a great prospect. He, he signed an 11-year contract for $182 million. So I think he, even if the insurance doesn't step up, he's going to be okay. If you have a half a million dollars of anything in your car, once you get it, go back to your house. Don't leave it in your car, dummy. What's the cumulative worth of all that you've had in your car in your entire lifetime? Ironically, well, I mean, are we including when I've moved? Yeah. Like when I've moved cross country? I don't think that really counts. You're saying like something that would just be like a normal day-to-day -day yeah. thing? Ironically, two days ago. Ironically, two days ago. Because I picked up uh, a suit from the cleaners. And my suits that I own are cheap. And then I had a vest to go with it and a tie. So my suits, when they are in the car, there's some serious value to that. Okay. How about you? 
I don't think I've ever had anything worth any any appreciable amount in my car. Well, looking at the way that you dress, I can see why. Okay, Mr. T-shirt and hat. I am wearing a T-shirt and a hat. <laughs> that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed and it. Fashion, and fashion duel. I, I don't have a problem with what I'm wearing. Do, do you have a problem with what I'm wearing? Yes. You do? What's the yes. problem? Are we going to start the weekend this way, Terry? No, okay, let's just forget it. I know. I'm joking. All right, Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed Argonaut, always has great specials. This is what they have going on this weekend. All 750 milliliter domestic wines, 15% off. Argonaut delivers anywhere in the Denver metro area, anything over 100 bucks. They're going to do it for free. Find them off of Colfax. See why Westward named them the best liquor store in Denver five years running. Order online, ArgonautLiquor.com. Nolan and Alex, great job all week. I think both of you have been here all week, except for Danny filling in one day. Terry, excellent job this week. Make it the best possible night you can.